Good morning, good morning. It's your girl, Phyllis Jackson. I'm back again. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hallelujah. We'll start out with a prayer. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul when he leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepareth a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful day it is. It's a nice day. Uh, The sun is shining. Praise God Almighty. Glory to God. Thank Him for the sunshine. (laughs) Yes, 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 and more yes. Amen. Okay, so today, out of my small miracles, praise God, I have chosen this story and just sit back and listen. And then I want to hear your feedback if you have any um, as to my stories from the small miracles. Okay, so, um, um, Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, glory. For 52 years, Robert Atkins thought his best friend, Roy Stump, was dead. After all, hadn't he cradled his dying friend's head in his lap and then watched the medic remove his dog tags? Everyone in the platoon was sure Roy was dead. Robert recalled one day in April 1996 as he chatted with a stranger in a waiting room at Lorraine Community St. Joseph Regional Health Center in Lorraine, Ohio. So Robert was waiting for his wife, Juanita, to return from cataract surgery. The stranger was waiting for his brother-in-law also in surgery. Somehow, the conversation turned to World War II. We were stationed in Holland and were watching a buddy defuse his anti-tank mine and it blew up, Atkins said. The man working on the mine was killed and shrapnel struck Stump in the head in his chest, and other parts of his body. The worst injury was the the gapping head wound that Atkins tried to tend by applying pressure with a handkerchief, unmindful of a smaller wound in his own forehead. Now, as they continued to talk, Robert, now 72 years old, was astonished to learn that the stranger like him had served in the 787th Anti-Aircraft Battalion in 1944. Skeptical about the coincidence, they began grilling each other as if in a test. Who was the platoon sergeant? Robert asked the stranger. And the man answered correctly. Who who was killed? Was anyone killed in, in that platoon? 
he shot back. I just told you, my best buddy, Roy, stop, Robert replied. And the man smiled and said, I hate to disappoint you, but I am very much alive. Robert sat stunned. I thought he was going to have a heart attack. Stump remembered. I hadn't recognized him at first, but I knew who he was as soon as he said his nickname was Sloop. Mine was Red, Little Red. I had a nickname. They called me Sloop. I had a bright, big red hair then, said Stump, stroking his gray crew cut. To prove his identity, the 72-year-old Stump produced a faded copy of his discharge papers and a driver's license with his name on it. Then the two men hugged, and everybody in the waiting room thought that we were crazy, Robert said. Stump had been critically injured, but he hadn't died. As the other platoon members had believed, hmm, an emergency operation in the field tent had saved his life, and he had been transferred to a hospital in Belgium, and he had... um. He remained for 18 months, recovering 42 wounds, including one that left him with a mental plate in his head. By the time he got out of the hospital, the war was over, and he had no idea where the rest of the platoon members were living. He often wondered what happened to his buddy Sloop. He always credited his friend along with an army issue combination, Bible, app, the almanac, the dictionary, and a leather wallet that he carried in his breast pocket with his savings, was saving his life. So Shapnell had torn through the wallet and the Bible into his chest, but he had missed his heart. In an odd twist of fate, both men moved to Lorraine, Ohio after the war and raised families there. For more than 40 years they lived, only a few miles apart, and they never ever knew it. I probably drove by his house three or four times a week and didn't even know he lived there, Roy Stump said. The men have had no difficulty in picking up their friendship right where they left it, right where it left off. The night after their chance meeting, they had dinner with their wives, and later that week, they went to a speedway together, and like the kids, they were 42 years old again, and they exchanged pocket knives. What a twist of fate. What a small miracle. Best friends who had been separated and came back together nearing the um, exit of their lives. Uh, well, well, right after they were very well seasoned, they met again. And they picked up right where they left off. And a lot of times, often, we do. You know, if we had a bond with someone, it's not forgotten. And though they're not in our presence, if we should ever hook back up with them, you know, we're still friends and we still pick up where we left off. I had friends like that. I had a friend who moved to Kalamazoo and she came back. It was like she'd never left and she had been gone for years at a time. And I think we probably did that on two different occasions, you know. So friendships are friendships. And if they're true friendships and they're to the bone, they're always lasting. And you don't have to worry about if this is your friend, you'll know in the end, you know. Sometimes we have people to hang around. Hmm. And they're not really friends. 
So you have to be discerning. And sometimes God makes the separations. But in that case, it was something that, it was an incident that happened that was unexpected. You know what I'm saying? And so you would have it that they were in the same neighborhood all these years. You know, that's probably one of the reasons why it's probably good to know who's in your area. Who are your neighbors, you know? That's a good way to know anything that you don't know about your community or your neighborhood to make some community meetings um find out who's in your neighborhood a lot of us don't know who lives in our neighborhood we don't even know our next door neighbor you know i say long time ago they took the neighbor out of the hood and it just became hood you know so we got to put the neighbor back into our neighborhoods okay and so i like that story um I hadn't read it before, and, and, and I'm getting to this book at the same time you guys are, you know. And so some of the stories are enlightening. Well, all of them, because they're about small miracles, extraordinary coincidences of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, glory to God. I would like to hmm, say another prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. And I'm going to do this prayer from Psalms 91. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth in noonday, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thy uh-huh only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation there shall no evil before thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways they shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adler and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under foot because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him, and I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Selah. We'll be right back. If anyone is interested in starting your own podcast, Anchor. The Anchor platform is the place to go. Look up Anchor and join the team. They help you through all of the quirks so that you can be your own podcast owner of your very own podcast. They work with you. So next time, if you're in the market, if you know anyone who is, tell them about Anchor.
This is Phyllis Jackson, FM. Okay, so I got that prayer in and um, I just thank the Lord for being a God of first, tenth, and twentieth chances. Glory to God. And God knows our hearts. So there's nothing that we can do to fool God because God is all-knowing. He is all-knowing. Praise God. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy holy name, O Most High. Glory to God because God is worthy. He's worthy of that and so much more. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I have stories to tell where God miraculously came in and cleaned up my mess or snatched me out of something or he came in the nick of time. Glory to God. God, he sees and he knows. Praise God. And whatever he has said, he will fulfill it until the end. So, let's see. Where are we going to go? Hallelujah. Y'all don't want to hear me sing, do you? Nah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Woo. All right. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, uh, nor sitteth in the seat of a scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doeth he meditate day and night. And so that's where we are in our lives today. Remembering to always bless God, to thank God, to pray to God, to seek God. Seek God early. Yes, seek him while he may be found. All right, our next story from our small miracles. Hmm. is our small miracles number this is the fourth one so it's not entitled carol anderson was a young widow whose husband had died of cancer at 35. bob edwards was a young widower whose wife had been killed in a car accident at 29. both marriages had been extremely happy and both carol and bob were sure that they would never love or marry again. After many lonely years of pain and suffering, they met at a church dinner and started courting. When they got engaged and then married, they told everyone it was a miraculous that they had found each other. Their relationship was strong and loving. The only trouble spot in the marriage was that they had diametrically different opinions on what to do about the past. Carol longed to bury it. Bob needed to explore it. Carol never wanted to talk about either of their previous marriages. Bob, on the other hand, was eager to know the most minutes details of Carol's life before they had met and was hurt that Carol showed such a complete lack of interest in his. Why raise ghosts, Carol would say, when Bob would persist with his gentle probing and soft inquiries. Memory should be preserved, not obliviated, he said in his reply. This went on for years, with Carol's perspective ultimately prevailing as a result. They never shared stories, pictures, or mementos from their first marriages. Ten years later, 
Carol felt that their marriage was secure enough to withstand any assaults from the past. Okay, she told Bob one day. I'm ready to talk. She began telling Bob about her first marriage and pulled out several snapshots from the album that she had hidden from him all these years. These are from our honeymoon, she said, starting to leaf through a page of one album. We went to France. Oh, here. Here, we went to Lourdes. We went to Lourdes? But Bob said with a mild interest, so did we. Well, I guess half the world has gone there, Carol laughed. No big deal. Everyone's looking for blessings and miracles in their lives. Wait a second, Carol turned back a page and said, Suddenly, let me see that snapshot again of you and Ralph. Carol obligingly turned back the page. Carol, her husband, asked tensely, Who's that couple in the background? I have no idea, she said. And just as the photographer snapped the picture, a couple walked by and got caught by the shutter. I can see why you asked, though, thinking that they were with us. In the picture, it it does look as though they're standing behind us almost, as if they're posing, but it's just an illusion. You're wrong, Carol, Bob said slowly. It was a mistake. It it, it, It wasn't a mistake. It was destiny. You see, that couple in the background is me and my first wife. Millions of people travel to that place each year. What were the chances of Carol and Bob not only being at that same place at the same time, but also coincidentally appearing together in a photo at the Holy Shrine? And when the picture was taken, they lived in different parts of the United States and were not members of the same association, organizations, or tour groups. They were not connected to each other in any way except in God's plan. The people who make pilgrimage to Lourdes are more often than not the ill, the infirm, and the elderly, rather than young couples like Carol and Bob. Life had just begun for each of these couples. Seemingly, neither Bob nor Carol needed a miracle, but they did, only they hadn't known it at that time. What a wonderful read. Yes, an extraordinary coincidence from an everyday life. That has been a story from Small Miracles.